back. This is the Accidental Safety Pro brought to you by HSI. This episode was recorded November 28th, 2022. My name is Jill James, HSI's Chief Safety Officer. And today my guest is Ariana Howard. Ariana is manager of EHS IT data platforms in the electric vehicle manufacturing industry and joins us today from Denver. Welcome to the show, Ariana. Hi, Jill. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. You are so welcome. So um, where would you like to start your story? How far back in the Wayback Machine does your EHS life begin? Uh, I think we can start in college. Uh, that's probably a pretty good place. Okay. Um, so I was, you know, kind of a lost college student. Didn't really know what I wanted to do. Probably switched my majors about five might be an understatement. <laughs> um, and, you know, jumped from pre-med to pharmacy to chemical engineering and mm. uh, somehow ended up in the environmental science program at the school that I went to, um, mm. which, you know, was was in the south and the coast and was very focused on like soil science, you know. Um, but, you know, we did a little bit. It was mostly environmental focused. And mm -hmm. I was on our school job board one day and I saw HSE intern. And all I saw was $18 an hour. And I was like, yep, don't know. <laughs> Sold. <laughs> yep. Don't know what these, uh, what these, what this acronym stands for, but I'm going to go find out. Um, it was only a few minutes from where I was living at the time um, and seemed to be kind of, you know, I was a junior in college, so it seemed to be, you know, something interesting. Mm -hmm. So I, I went to the interview and obviously, you know, learned what HSE stood for. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's the thing with our profession, right? Like, that's exactly what mine was. I saw it on an internship thing and went, nobody's going to want that. And you're just telling me they even gave you an interview and you didn't know what it stood for. <laughs> yep. So I was like, let me go do some research and figure this out. Uh -huh. That's awesome. Um, okay. a, a big benefit for me was that I, I've been in the military since I, the day I, after I graduated high school. So people tend to see that on a resume and they're like, oh, you seem like a responsible human adult. So mm -hmm. we can teach you everything you need to know. Um, and that's really how it started. Um, I, I was basically, you know, we just had one, you know, HSC person at the site, the, the, the manager, and I, I was kind of doing glorified data entry at the beginning. Um, and then, you know, I, I, I worked in oil and gas, you know, we manufactured parts that we sold mm. to oil and gas companies. Um, mm. And not, um, you know, every few years, there's a downturn, right? Gas prices mm -hmm. go up, and job, people get laid off. And I'll never forget one day I walked in, and the office was empty <laughs> where my boss normally sat. Oh, um, man. And, and then I got a call from HR, and I was like, oh, no. And I went in there, and they were like, so we would like to keep you, and we basically need you to do his job. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, and that kind of propelled me into what was actually, you know, a, a specialist position. Um, mm -hmm. I was still going to school at the time, and and I ended up doing that for about a year and a half, and I, I I learned a lot. I spent a lot of time with plant manager, spent a lot of time on, on a plant floor, um, mm. you know, understanding what a, what a good manufacturing environment look, looked like. Mm -hmm. um, and that kind of started everything for me. So it wow. was, for me, it was purely like, I need to pay bills. <laughs> yeah. um, but then I kind of realized, you know, and, and I, I'm from South Louisiana. So I was working, you know, in a, in a, in a manufacturing plant outside of the main city. Um, you know, and I was the only person that looked like me. You know, these are mm. all guys that 
that have a lot of, you know, a lot of experience, a lot of machinery experience, um, and, and by nature, you know, know what they're doing and are pretty safe. And so who am I to come in and say, well, you need to be wearing this and you need to have this PPE mm -hmm. on and you need to do this and we're going to have this safety committee meeting. So it was, you know, a huge challenge, but also I learned so much because I kind of, I've learned in the military, you kind of shut up and, and learn from the experts mm -hmm, <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and that, and that I would say was, I couldn't have asked for like a better foundation um, mm -hmm. to my career to, to, mm -hmm. to kind of start there. So mm -hmm. that was really good. That was really good. The learning that you got from the military. Um, so you were doing this when you were between like junior, senior year in college. Yep, I was wow. I was still in college. Um, and your major then did it change while when you jumped into this job? Or mm, no? no, I know that like e, you know EHS or like safety degrees are more common now. Um, but at my school, that was kind of the closest thing to it. Um, yeah, and right. and and so no, I just stayed in my major and yeah. and finished. And that was kind of the turning point of like I I was guaranteed a job there pretty much. You know. Mm -hmm. um but they only operated there they were headquartered in houston um texas mm -hmm. and we wanted to move so i had to you know kind of put my put my time in and say i'm i'm departing um and then mm -hmm. i moved to denver colorado with absolutely no job <laughs> mm -hmm. um <laughs> and, and, and trying to figure out what the next step was from there yeah so how did you figure that out what did that what did that process look like oh it looked uh, it looked about you know 600 different applications <laughs> if I went back and looked like, through wow. my Gmail. Um, wow. Truly, I, I knew, I mean, I worked in the service industry. I've been in the military. Like I knew I could move here and make money to pay bills. Um, mm -hmm. And I didn't want to, you know, I, I really did take the first thing that came and that, that was kind of this, this administrative EHS position, um, you know, for, for a government contractor. Um, mm -hmm. But really what it really did just, it, gave me time to to find a job that I wanted um mm -hmm. and I realized actually after a few months that I needed to kind of refocus and revamp my resume and I swear the moment I did that I got like three calls <laughs> in one week um so so having a good resume should not be underestimated <laughs> for yeah, anyone so looking what, to for, break into the field yeah. right so anyone who's listening right now who's like hmm I'm in the process of you know, updating my resume, what were some of those key things that you changed, Ariana, if you remember? I think, I think, so coming out of college, I, you know, new grads tend to really just focus on the things that they did in school, which yeah. I think, you know, that's important, but when you're looking for that, like, first career job, like, I mean, any kind of internship during college is obviously going to set you apart. Um, so I, I highly recommend that. Um, if I didn't have that experience, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what, you know, who knows where I would be today. Um, yeah. so I highly recommend that. And then instead of putting, you know, 50 projects that you did, maybe pick one or two that you can actually talk about in your interview. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, and I'm sure we'll talk about this later, but I think it, it, especially if you're doing anything in data, anything that can be manipulated into a project, that's, mm -hmm. that's experience. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be real world um, um, use. So I always say less is more. Sometimes we feel the need to fill up our resumes with a lot of things and accomplishments, um, mm -hmm. and it just gets bogged down and too hard to read. And so 
you know, less is more. And, and mm-hmm. the h- further you get into your career, the harder that is to do because you want to talk about everything awesome that you've done. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I would really say just kind of focus on any internship or co-op experience uh, that, mm-hmm. that you may be able to get. And then mm-hmm. one or two projects and, you know, you don't probably have to list every award you got <laughs> um, mm-hmm. for the duration of your entire mm-hmm. college career. I yeah. can pro- I can say that that we get so much pressure about like your GPA and like what school you went to and this degree and I'm sure for certain positions at certain places like that is super important. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think anyone ever asked where I went to college mm-hmm. um, or what my GPA was. I mean, I, I I've clearly finished school and I have a master's degree now, but you know we we get tied down into the details and at the end of the day, it's are you willing to learn? Are you ready to learn? And you know, are you interested in this? So. Right. Right. Yeah. Thank you for that insight. That's really good. Hey, I want to back up for a second to that job in Mississippi when you kind of first got that um, EHS, HSE role (laughs) kind of sprung on you. What what did what intrigued you about it as you learned more? Almost I'm kind of somebody that likes to continually learn and and likes a challenge. and I think that there is no uh, no limit to the amount of information that you can learn when you're you're in environmental health and safety. Mm-hmm. Um, and and any any job you work is going to be different, right? You might be doing fifty percent environment, fifty percent safety, seventy five twenty five. So that kind of depends. Um, mm-hmm. I think for me, it was like figuring out what was going on, <laughs> because when the layoffs occurred, I hadn't really, you know. I didn't really learn that much and not in a negative way, but I didn't really know what I was doing. I was expected to like, at the very least, be able to participate in the monthly manager meeting and report on our safety metrics. (laughs) And, and I didn't really know where to start because I was just doing a lot of administrative stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. So I literally started just going through his office, opening up, you know, folders, figuring out like what permits we had, what we didn't mm-hmm. have. And I leaned a lot into our corporate management, but that had also changed. Mm-hmm. So there was just this huge turnover and we're all just trying to figure it out. And I yeah. think at that point, I really, really leaned into the people and, and yeah. leaned into the, the shop supervisors and, and built that connection with them. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, as much as I like to say, oh, I work in tech data and, you know, I'd rather like, be heads down doing building a dashboard and like being in a meeting I do enjoy working with people um mm-hmm. and and I think that that drove a lot of it I I genuinely enjoyed going to work and like working with with those people every day and I think that that was a big part of it yeah. wonderful wonderful so you move to Denver you send out 600 resumes <laughs> <laughs> you you get a bite does that take you into the electric vehicle industry where you are today nope nope not no. at all okay no so i um i actually you know was able to fortunately land in an environmental consulting position at a really well established um, environmental consulting firm um and it was air quality focused um, and if my old boss ever listens to this podcast, he'll, he'll tell you in a minute that that was not my, uh, <laughs> that was not my forte, I would say. <laughs> um, I respect all airheads is what they like to call themselves. That's wonderful. Um, anyone who can tear apart a Title V or, you know, permit or keep, those regulations are constantly changing and 
and that's that's essentially what I got hired to do. And then what it kind what kind of happened was our firm is very big on merger acquisition, due diligence, audits. Mm-hmm. Um, and what what tends to happen is you have a lot of oil and gas in oil and gas. Ninety nine percent of that is air related. Mm. So we kind of became like the go to office for like these types of audits. Um, and that propelled me to get out into the field and I was you know, traveling and spending somehow auditing sites in North Dakota with, you know, 15 feet of snow on the ground, but yep, let's go see if there's oil there. <laughs> um, oh yeah, but, that's, that's but North Dakota yeah. winter, and that's me as a Minnesotan saying yeah, North yeah. Dakota is worse. Yeah, <laughs> so, but what was happening was I was seeing a lot of, you know, we would, we would ask, you know, you're doing merger acquisition, people, we want to find out where the growing, glowing green goo is, you know, to put yep. it shortly. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, I actually got my first taste of technology where we were, I realized we were doing, you know, um, we were doing all of these on paper. So imagine going to, you have 150 sites, but you're going to give a sample of 30. You're still doing 30 different sheets of paper, checking to see like, is there oil at the wellhead? Is there this? Is there this? All mm-hmm. these checklist items. Um, mm-hmm. and so me and one of my coworkers worked on, worked on a, a tool that they had already purchased, but didn't really use yet to, to capture all of this on an iPad or on a phone. Right. Um, and that seemed what now seems so simple <laughs> was not back then because it was no one else was really doing it. Um, yep. and super and manual. Yes. And not yeah. just that, you got to come back to the office and like uh-huh. do something with that data. Right. Yeah. And write a report. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ariana, that's just so interesting because how many years ago kind of about was that? That was probably honestly not that long. I would say. 2016 2017 yeah um, yeah yeah I, you know it sounds i've been in this industry for 28 years and when i started working for osha all of the work that i did was on paper it was all in it was all in um triplicate form and you had to use a black pen and push really hard with a black <laughs> pen to make sure it went through the carbon yes and then, literal with the scissors cut and paste with a glue stick pictures that were my evidence that i would then send to a, an office and all of this stuff was then you know typed by administrative assistants that yep. was 28 years ago and you're yeah. talking about 20 yeah i'm talking i'm talking five six years ago you right. know you know I, I yeah i often say our industry is just so not tech and i know we're gonna get to the good tech news in this conversation but yeah. it's just illustrative of how far our profession has yes to go and yeah. and what's what do, what do people love to say well we've always done it that way that's right and usually that's, right. that's tied to like a safety a safety yeah. thing right yeah that's um right. tech and data get the same response usually so Dang. you know Dang. Yeah. So you're so you're so you're tromping around 15 feet of snow in North Dakota with a pen that's freezing up, and you're trying <laughs> to keep the ink warm so you can fill out the paperwork. <laughs> yep. Right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And then right. and then you know my mind starts turning and and I'm like, there has to be different ways to do this, you know, mm-hmm. and and not just my, what I'm doing, but like I we I need to gather all this information. I need to mm-hmm. where's your your copies of your engine test for the past three years? Where's a copy mm-hmm. of all the rec- your record keeping requirements for all of your air permits for all your engines yeah. and we would get just this this huge just dropbox yep. <laughs> of just dozens and dozens and dozens of pdfs and 
at a certain point, you just have to spot check, right? Yep. <laughs> How much is this deal mm -hmm. worth? What's the mm -hmm. threshold? Okay, it looks about right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, and then I, I very, you know, I luckily got exposed to to what was probably the first EHS software that I had ever heard of. And then, and then at that point, you know, I started to collaborate with some other teams outside of my office, and you know, did some some GIS work, um, mm -hmm. and. And just started kind of messing around with data, um, and then I was able to to work with a totally different team um, from a company that we were acquired, and I really got a taste of of data analysis and big words that I'd never heard of, like mm -hmm. SQL, SQL, and Python, and mm -hmm. and I honestly this was it's funny because it was right at the start of the pandemic, and I would just hop on Zoom with a coworker. And watch him like what looked like magic you know like on the matrix there's just like programming <laughs> on a computer and you're like yeah. you know just just hitting the keyboard that's what it felt like at the time and i was like <laughs> i have no idea what this man is doing but we're getting somewhere we're gonna build a dashboard out of it i think and uh -huh. and that was that was mm -hmm. kind of it and at that point i realized i want to do what i do now but i want to work more with data and technology mm -hmm. and apparently there's like 50 other software that do this thing um mm -hmm. and that that's what put me back out on the hunt so <laughs> wonderful it, so yeah you you're back on the hunt so how did that how did that hunt go less uh, less resumes i hope yes actually uh -huh. <laughs> i i googled like ehs software consulting or something oh, um wow. Great. And and the first hit came up, and it was a firm that I I ended up you know working with um, for mm -hmm. about a year and a half, mm -hmm. and that's all they do. That's all they do is is EHS software consulting, selection, implementation, um, sustainment, maintenance, reporting. Mm -hmm. You know all, all everything about EHS. You know from GHG reporting to to, but but the configuration of what the system needs to do to match your process. Right. right. Um, mm -hmm. It was an amazing opportunity and really great exposure into what was out there. Um, and, you know, truthfully, I thought I'd be there for 10 years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to become an expert on these two or three software and then see where the world takes me. Um, mm -hmm. And then, and then I was approached by my current company um, and they basically wanted me to come do the same thing, but in house. And I, it, and at that point it wasn't the job. I knew I could do the job. Um, and it was more of people, you know, culture, product, uh, yeah. taking all that stuff to consideration. Yeah. And it was really funny because I go open up my Gmail now and I, I think I was looking for my old resume to update it mm -hmm. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. because this was the first time that I had been approached for a job. It's kind of fun when that happens. Oh, isn't man. It? <laughs> I th That's I, awesome. I, I thought that clock was going to be ticking for another s 10 years before that happened. Uh -huh. and, I, and, that, and when I Googled, res when I looked up resume in my Gmail, I found all the, you know, all of the, thank you for submitting your application. Oh, thank you for submitting. And, and, and I just, I was very grateful um, and realized, yeah. you know, it, sometimes it, if you put in the work, it, things can happen a lot quicker than, than you think that they are. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And, and so, yeah. And then I <laughs> ended up here and uh, now well, it's been almost a year. So. That's awesome. So let's, let's break down your title in case that missed people when I was doing <laughs> the introduction, because this, this is, you know, this isn't a title. I don't think I've had anyone on, on the podcast with your title before. And for people who've been at this for, you know, as long as me or longer, or maybe just starting out might be like, what? 
this is a <laughs> this is a thing in this industry. So or, or in our in our professional practice rather. So I said that your title was manager of EHS IT data platforms. Can you can you break that down and kind of give a a day to day of what that yeah yeah let's go word for word so yeah yeah okay so so ehs obviously environmental health and safety and that is in there because i work under the ehs group Mm -hmm. so um i don't work under it i work under ehs and so well what makes me different from an ehs manager of commercial for example um well i do all of the it stuff so (laughs) i am the I am the translator. So I take very complicated ask from IT when they ask for what's your requirement, when who's going to do user testing, who's going to do all of these things, and I put that in plain English words for uh, my my EHS colleagues. Um, hmm. And then I do the I, – more so I probably do the opposite. So you're an EHS manager, and you have this inspection that you – you know, have been doing on paper, but you want to, you want to put it in the platform. You want to use it um, in our software. Well, Mm -hmm. you tell me, and then understanding what our software can do or what it can't do, we have a conversation and I figure out your requirements. And if we can't use that, well, maybe we can use an internal tool. So IT could be our internal business IT, or maybe it's the software partner, right? Um, Or maybe even a consultant, you know? So, I, I'm that I'm that translator. I and, and it's it's really important, I would say. I think having that EHS background made a world of difference. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm in a space to go get a CSP. You know, I'm not I'm not I moved away from the the day to day, you know, operations. Yeah. Um but I still understand what someone means when they say lockout tag out <laughs> right, <laughs> or right. fall from heights or ISO 14,000 or ISO 45,000. <laughs> yep. So understanding that terminology, I think, is super important. Um, and and so that's a big part of what my title is. Yeah. Um, and then more than anything, I'm the, the, the administrator of the system. So we have an EHS software that we utilize and I am the day-to-day you know, person um, that, oh, well, I can't you know, how do I do this or how do I run this report? Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm that person. Um, hopefully, you know, as our company grows and the team will grow and we'll have some more support there. But, you know, I am the expert. If I don't know how it works, then I can't expect anyone else to work. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I did that from the consulting side. But I think the biggest difference being in-house is that your job doesn't stop there, right? Mm-hmm. So you're, they're, they're using the system and they're, we're getting a lot of data in there. And then what? Yeah, and right, that and, and that has yeah. been that has been the the I would say the pivotal point in my career now, where you know you do a lot of project based things when you're a consultant or maybe you work for the software provider or third party whatever, um, that is very different than being in house and and that data actually meaning something right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's the data part of your title. Yep. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Yep, take yep. us. Yeah. Take us there. Let's go there. Yeah. So you know, I, I essentially turned it to a data analyst, and I had to go. You know, I, I feel very lucky because I feel like a lot of people are transitioning to the data analyst, data, data analyst position more than anything. Maybe over a data engineer or a data scientist, because a mm. data analyst, just like I pivoted off of VHS and got into the I went to the software side first and now I'm more on the data side, mm-hmm. but a lot of people, you can do that with anything. You can t- 
maybe you work in finance, but you don't want to and you want to do more technology. You can be a financial data analyst. What if you're an educator? You can be an educational, you know, data analyst. You can you can take you can do data analysis on anything with anything, something like Excel. And so those there's so many free resources and, and, and content providers um, out there now that it's it's a movement, I would say, especially since the pandemic. And it is an amazing way to pivot into technology, um, not just uh, EHS, I would think is I think it's pretty niche, but mm -hmm. other fields, it is it is a growing world of, of job opportunity because businesses want to be data driven um, more more than anything. So. I had to go learn the things, you know, I, I, I I'm not going to lie. I did not know how to build a dashboard, <laughs> you know, uh, in January. And so yeah. to be able to, to, to do that now, you know, I'm by no means an expert, but I can, I can do a lot of things. And just like with software, I can answer the questions. I can make changes. I can do modifications. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, and now, you know, the vision for the next few years is, is to really enhance data analysis and, and really drive more into predictive analytics and not just, you know, what do we say, the lagging indicators. <laughs> right, right. Um, so how yeah. did you, Ariana, how did you teach yourself data analyst, an analysis, rather? Um, YouTube? <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, not joking. Um, I'm, I'm sure you're uh, not. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, I, how, it's I, how we learn everything. <laughs> yeah, I, I will. I will definitely plug um, Data Camp and Maven Analytics as two very, very good resources. Those are paid, mm -hmm. but you can get a really good year-long subscription, and they will teach you everything there is to know about data analysis. Um, and and they start you off with the basics. You know, literally, what can you do in Excel? A lot. You can build dashboards in Excel, which don't cost anything, right? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, you know, I want to caution people because you should you should learn what your company uses and there's a million tools that do the same thing power bi versus tableau or you know there's there's the most basic thing you can learn is 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 sql um structured query language that is that's a little bit more technical that's basically looking at data tables on the back end and and pulling certain information oh i want to see xyz from this table within this time frame that only has these keywords um, mm -hmm. it's very powerful and I'm honestly still learning it. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I know that, you know, and that's that's the difference between going, that's the back end, you know, really speeding up what you're looking at versus like going into running a report and your front end software and trying to click around and maybe filter on some things. Um, and most users, that's fine. But depending on what kind of analysis you're doing, um, that's that's really where, where SQL can come into play. Mm -hmm. And then more than anything, it's people don't want to see those reports, to be honest. What, how do humans learn visually? Yeah, so right. learning some type of data visualization yeah. skill is extremely, extremely important. It, there are, you can be, that could be your entire career. You know, they're a BI analyst. That's all they do is build dashboards. But they, but it's not just the, what you see at the end. It's how are you getting all those, all that data in there? Is mm -hmm. the data clean? Is the data correct? Mm -hmm. And and then how are you presenting it in a way that, you know, I, I honestly can't remember the fact, but there's like it, if I sent you an Excel report of every injury, you know, that your company has had versus if I give you a dashboard, it's going to be like 0.25 times, <laughs> you know, the a fraction of, of what it's going to take for you to comprehend what you're looking at versus mm -hmm. an Excel report. So mm -hmm. um, 
that I would say that's kind of where we are now is like what's the data saying you know and then you really propel that once once you've kind of established what you're looking for and how you how you improve your business and with for EHS how do, how do you make people safer um, yeah so talk about that talk about the impact on EHS with you know what you're able to provide in term yeah, I mean, I'll stop there. Just yeah, like yeah. What is, Im- what is its impact? <laughs> like, how do you see it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that, you know, there's exploratory and then there's, like, explan- explanatory, right? You're you're asking people to look, go, like, log different things and let's take near misses or a concern report, you know. I would say every good EHS software has just a place where you can click a button and log an issue that you see, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Something though, happened. Yeah, something, or I saw something. I saw, you know, this pallet in the middle of the thing, or I saw this forklift almost hit another forklift. Mm-hmm. You know, it, there could be any variation of things, or this almost happened. You know, you you take all that data and you figure out where the trends are, right? You figure out, okay, are we, is forklifts our problem? Is, you know, what what what's going on? Is it, do we need more training on X, Y, Z? Do we you know, need to make sure our policy for fall from heights is clear? Do we need to involve our um, ergonomics team? So those are, you know, those are the, like, I guess the implications, but obviously you can start really basic. I mean, there are things you're required to do, right? You're required to report to OSHA. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. So, you know, those are the KPIs that that people, you know, that that's the black and white stuff. How many injuries mm-hmm. have you had? How many of them are recordable? Those are things you have to disclose there's no way around it and then but then there's there's leading indicators that aren't necessarily you don't have to you know you don't have to disclose that but you can use that maybe internally to kind of drive improvement that could be training data you Mm -hmm. know or um, like I said near misses is a really big one because Mm -hmm. it hasn't happened yet so where do we really need to put the you know put the focus Uh, maybe it's job safety analysis you know um, risk assessments you know Mm -hmm. those types of things and then you can really like, you can really drive that data to show maybe you need to go to finance or you need to go to operations or you need to go, you know, and say, hey, we need this on all of our mobile trucks or mm-hmm. we need to put safety barriers up in this place because this thing keeps happening in this mm-hmm. spot in the look, you know, at a certain mm-hmm. location. Um, right. And they're going to be like, well, how do you know? <laughs> and then you pull oh, up the data, data. and it, mm-hmm. and it, right. And it's very black and white. Um, but you have you have some cost benefit analysis. You have you have data to back up why you need more money or you know what what the overall investment is. Hey, you could not do this, but this might be this might be what it would cost down the road mm-hmm. um, in workers' comp claims, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. there's I mean there's a million ways to slice and dice it. It really depends on what your company's like focuses and what the driver is at the time, and we you know. The, the economy is changing rapidly so that mm-hmm. could really change you know day to day so yeah. so ariana you you said before that you're 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 so you serve as an interpreter in in a sense to the to the ehs team of which you are part so you analyze the data you 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 build ways for it to be consumed through visual visualization like you were talking about and so when that's presented to the EHS team, are they looking at your data and making decisions or are you presenting it to them as that interpreter and saying, hey, I'm noting these trends. Here's or is it a kind of a combination of both? You know, like it's yeah. a 
it's a combination of both, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and interestingly enough, it's not just DHS, you know. Um, I, uh, I find that a lot of people who are interested in it um, are is operations, you know. The people who, who own the people that are inputting this data. And yeah. they could be far removed from EHS. Now, of course, they might have an EHS person they're working with, you know. Sure. But that they can go to if they have questions. But I find that they take a lot of responsibility and pride um, you know, it might be along the same metrics of quality or, you know, other things that they're tracking and safety might be a piece of that. But yeah. I would say more than half the requests I've gotten for data doesn't come from EHS. It comes, yeah. it comes from operations. And mm-hmm. so, that you know, sense. what the driver, what, I, what, what the hope is that they're using that data in EHS is it re- reviewing it from their standpoint, right? Because mm-hmm. they're going to care about different things and mm-hmm. then they're kind of partnering together to, to come up with solutions for their business unit. Um, mm-hmm. And, and you know, but for me, you know, a big goal, you know, in the coming years is to really like drive a lot of those recommendations. Um, I think a lot of it has been exploratory more than explanatory, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, building from the ground up so we're still figuring that part out yeah 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 so when you're talking about you know operations and other people outside of ehs who are who are looking at consuming and making decisions based on the data that you're pulling are you creating specific dashboarding just for them (laughs) so i feel like any person working in data is going to be like hmm what's she gonna say Uh Um, (laughs) oh no (laughs) i I, I asked I asked a controversial data question. No, I, didn't even I, know it. Okay. I think that I think that there is, I mean, yeah, dashboards are extremely controversial. I will tell you that um, okay. because a lot of times people think the dashboard is going to solve their problem, and then you go, um, you know, and it's really urgent. We need it today, and then you go look at the views, and it just sad face, <laughs> and <laughs> and you know, you realize people have barely touched it. Um, mm-hmm. And so there is a balance, I think. You know, some some data analysts um, will tell you you should not create the same dashboard for for multiple groups. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for all intents and purposes, that's honestly the best way to go. That's that's why you use tools that have features like filters and, mm-hmm. and you know. But maybe, you know, group A cares about, wants to drill down or group their things a little differently, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think that that's important, but I also don't think you should overcommit, you know? Um, and so I kind of go into it with, yes, I'll, I will build that same separate one for you. But you have to understand that any maintenance for it, you know, might not be like the day of that you requested. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like, empower those users to learn a little bit. Because once I've built the foundation, like, it's 99% done, right? So maybe yeah. you don't want to see top five this. You want to see by percentage, you know, yeah. having a little, I think everybody is a data analyst a little bit if you care about it enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I try to empower them to to learn a little bit, um, you know, so that they can keep up with it themselves. But in saying that, it is not a free-for-all. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really, really lean into our my EHS colleagues to, to, to make sure that we're answering the right questions. Um, Mm -hmm. And then what you tend to find is like group A is asking for something different than group B when they really should not be. Um, And then that kind of drives a higher level of conversation. Like, well, what is their leadership telling them? Why is that leadership not aligned? Yeah. Um, And so, because we're talking about one group of metrics, 
safety yeah. metrics, right? Yeah. If, if why why is Group A asking about this leading indicator and Group A is asking B is asking about that lagging indicator and they work in the same place? Mm-hmm. So you know you start to you start to really find out what that ask is and and I just ask and ask and ask. I keep asking mm-hmm. why, and then mm-hmm. a big question you ask is, well, what are you going to do with this when you have it? <laughs> mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that tends to kind of drive conversation really well um and they say well i need to have a weekly thing then i need to show my team okay that's that's a good answer Uh what are you what are you going to do with it when you show it to them Uh is the expectation that you know it's it's we're putting people on blast (laughs) you Uh know is the expectation that you know we want to like what what is the actual end goal and and so when I say requirements gathering, that's kind of what that conversation looks like is, hmm. you know, who, who, who's owning this request? What's the ask? What happens if I don't give it to you? If I tell you no right now, what's the implication of that? Mm-hmm. You know, is it, well, I have to go run the report manually. <laughs> which usually or, is, or is it like, eh, I just thought it was going to be something nice. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm all for, you know, wanting to see things big picture and not have to click a million buttons. I totally understand that frustration with any software. You know, you just want to get to the to the meat of things and we end up coming to, you know, a good a good compromise. I would say every time so far I've I've been able to deal with it. But I had I have had to say no sometimes or or I realize they're asking for something that's already there but they're just calling it something different, right? Um, cuz that happens a lot in in the industry that I work in. You know, you come from that's any industry. If you if you come from this company, now you were at this company, you called it this this metric, you know, something else, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so I find that very important um, yes. because just to ask because usually we're talking about the same exact thing. We That's just right. came up with some like techie word for it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I mean vernacular definitely matters for yes. sure. Yeah. Um, I want to zoom out for just a second from our conversation. It, this is so good. And I'm wondering about any of our listeners who might still be operating, you know, like you did when you were working with the Airhead team on paper. And they're like, what is she like? What is this technology she's talking about? You're talking about EHS software, EHS platforms. But Ariana, can you talk about, you know, the context of what that means and what it can do? you know, outside of incident management, which is a great example, but it does more than that. And also, you know, full disclosure, HSI is an EHS, has an EHS software platform. Um, you know, we are one of a number like you were talking about, but can you just give a high level for people who are like, ah, this really exists? Yeah. Uh, can yeah. you talk about that? Yeah. yeah, Yeah, definitely. Because I was that person who I didn't know until I Googled it. And then I learned all the big names and realized yeah. that, oh wow there's entire jobs that just configure these platforms yeah um obviously you know i would say incident management is probably one of the highest uses i would say of ehs software mm-hmm. um i would say the second one is is environmental right um mm. luckily for me we don't have a lot of air <laughs> so that was like i would probably say the first question i asked in the interview is like how many air permits does this company have <laughs> um and we you know so but a lot of environmental management you know mm-hmm. i i mean these systems can do really powerful things they can they can i would say a lot of if you've done air you you have a lot of excel sheets with a lot of awesome formulas in it and these mm-hmm. softwares can do those things for you um and automate your job 
and your reporting and your requirements and threshold tracking. Um, I mean, we have in digital inspections, you know, you can essentially get rid of every piece of paper or Excel sheet that you use and transform it. Um, concern reports, um, waste tracking. I mean, there is an endless amount, um, you know, and, and the powerful part about these systems is integration, right? Integration mm -hmm. with your human resource software, integration with your vendors that you work with, with purchasing, mm -hmm. with finance. Um, you can really manage everything from your phone these days with, with all of the cloud providers that, you know, and, and no plug for any certain ones, but, you know, big ones, Enable on, Intellects, HSI, <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, that there is entire, I mean, companies that only do this. And what's really, really cool um, is that they are constantly at the forefront of technology. Uh, and, and I would say a big one is AI and machine learning. Um, mm -hmm. And we're implementing that very heavily right now. Um, and it was never something that I thought was, po you know, not even on the consulting side, that's, I, I, you know, the cool part about being in-house is you get to do these special projects. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of these softwares are, are, are staying, you know, keeping the, the, keeping up with the rat race of how fast technology is developing mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and definitely have a challenge in front of them to con continue to do so. And mm -hmm. we're probably not even gonna get to it in this call, but the sustainability, ESG, and you can have it all in one place. That's um, right. I, it's not. It's important not to try to make a what, what do we say a square fit into a round hole, but you know, ninety percent of the time you can have a single use platform to do mm -hmm. almost everything that you need. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and that's all. That's something that's going to be really familiar sounding to the listeners who may who may be like, "Gosh, I'm using," you know. T five platforms, 10 platforms, 15 platforms to get my work done. And then I still have this collection of paper-based systems that I'm using. And, you know, you might be looking at your, at your cohorts in your, in your work environment, you know, like accounting and HR, like you mentioned, and operations who have their own platforms to do their job, to pull up to every single day. And EHS is like, when is mine? Well, guess what? It's here. Yep. It's, it's been here. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I, I'm surprised how many people I talk to, you know, and, 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 you know, I was talking to a guy the other day and, and I'm like, well, why are you, you know, why'd you get back into the workforce? You were doing this. And he's like, oh, I've been working in EHS software for 25 years. And I'm like, man, what? I didn't even, and yeah. I mean, some names that I definitely haven't heard of, but at this point have been bought 10 times. So they're probably right. just enable, you know, now, right, right, right. Um, but thing, you know, they were the beginning of the beginning and now we're, yeah. we're cloud software as a service, type in a URL on your phone and, you know, you have single sign on from your, from mm -hmm. your work email and you can quickly log something. Um, yeah. And it's pretty low effort. So Yeah. I think some of those early ones were SDS management systems. Yes. You yes. Know, Chemical management is a mm -hmm. huge one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. those are some of the first entry points. Yeah. And now you have software that will automate the entire process for you. You know, even chemical reporting. You know, mm -hmm. they'll they'll do everything up to filing your 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 tier two reports for you. Um and so there's definitely no limit. Um and it's really exciting to see you know, a lot, all of these startups and kind of what they're doing. I think at this point, if you're going to get into that industry, you have to find your niche um, yeah. because there's so many big players now. And so you have to find 
just like with anything else in business, you have to find the gap <laughs> that no one else has. How can we make, you know, that person's job easier? And so it's been really cool. You know, being in-house, I get all the emails. Everybody wants to talk and check mm -hmm. out our software. I mean, 3D, uh -huh. 3D auditing, 3D auditing that that integrates with your EHS information system and automates the auditing. <laughs> wow. um, there's there's like really, I mean, wearables, wearable technology, you know, mm -hmm. from from buzzing on your wrist if you get too close to s a voltage or, you know, all kind of AI on security cameras. There mm -hmm. is an endless amount. Um, we even have a feature on our software that, that rates you as an AI that rates you as you type out your description of your incident or your concern. Um, and it'll, you know, we like to, they like to game everything. So it, it'll give you, you know, there's six check marks. And if your incident description isn't great, you'll get two and they're red. <laughs> and if you wow. get above, if you get above four, they're, they're green. <laughs> and, and that, you know, human nature is to want to win the game. So yes, yes. <laughs> you t yeah, you tend so to uh, put a little bit more effort in, but that gives us better quality data to actually use. Right. So it prevents the person from filling out the classic form of do better next time. I looked <laughs> to the wrong way. Human yes. error, right? Human error. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely top five of uh, yeah. cause analysis. Yeah, I've, um, I've seen a few of those. <laughs> yep, yep. And, oh. they, and it, it, it's constantly developing. So it's, you know, you have your traditional things that it can do, but, you know, there's definitely a lot of providers that, that are doing a lot. So Yeah, yeah. So thank you for that zoom out. I appreciate it. Um, zooming, zooming back in, I wanted to ask you about, um, in your work now, about benchmarking and what does that mean for the EHS profession and like, what are you looking at? Yeah, I think a l that word is thrown around a lot, especially when you're talking about um, GHGs, right? From an emission standpoint, that's the hot topic right now. You know, people have been doing sustainability reports for longer than a decade consistently, mm -hmm. but you know, the, it's always a question of what does our investors care about? What do, mm -hmm. you know, our customers care about? What does our executive leadership care about? What do our employees care about? And you tend to, you know, look outward um, at your peers, your competitors, you know, similar industries, different industries of maybe the same company size, product, and you tend to to, to start to compare. And you say, okay, well, what are they what are they telling people that they're focused on right now? Um, yeah. You want to be careful, obviously, you know, greenwashing is a thing and you don't want to just do things to check the box, but, mm -hmm. and I'm by no means a sustainability expert. That's uh, definitely on my learning roadmap for the next year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, Hello, new YouTube video. Right? <laughs> right. right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, but that is, you know, but you, you hear about it a lot there and I on honestly think it's important to do just from the safety aspect too, um, environmental data, of course, but you know, what, what is going on in other, you know, I, I have a couple of newsletters that I get where you're kind of trying to keep up with like, where, where are things happening? Where's, mm -hmm. where's, where's the goss, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and, but that's really good insight into what should we be looking for? So I think that there's like formal benchmarking. And then I think there's like, oh, that thing happened there. Let's go. What are we doing, you know, mm -hmm. to prevent that? You know, lessons learned, right? Because you have lessons learned internally, but if you're not doing, you know, you're not 
calling up your competitor company and saying like tell me about all your your safety problems right uh, exactly <laughs> i mean you might be spying on their on their websites and seeing what they're what they're putting out front and center yeah yeah well yeah. and that's where those you know reports come in because a lot mm -hmm. of times those sustainability reports which they mostly are today cover a lot more than just emissions right, right. They cover mm -hmm. worker safety worker health a lot of it is, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion. Um, right. You know, now we're leaning more into the ESG where it's finance and, you know, making sure that, you know, ethics pay and equity and mm -hmm. ethics and, yeah. you know, all of these other things. But, mm -hmm. you know, safety is always going to be a big part of that and how we treat workers and, you know, what, right. what, we're, what we're doing. Um, and so I think just keeping – you know, it's it. Pe doc people. A lot of people say they couldn't get into medicine because, like, there's always something new to learn or some new, mm -hmm. you know, surgery technique. And and I think it's the same for EHS. Like, there's new regulations. There's things that change, and you you really have to be, you know, able to dig into that content and, and keep up so that you right. know you're you're doing the right thing and, right. and not falling you behind. You know. You Mm -hmm. Yeah, you gave some you gave some really good examples of where you might get some of that benchmarking data. Do you also look at places like do you fall down the rabbit hole hole of the um, Bureau of Labor Statistics and looking oh, at other industries? Yeah. Yeah. You know, looking up who ha wh what's the average TRIR for our for our industry last year? Mm -hmm. <laughs> how mm -hmm. are we doing? I think that's the closest thing, you know, when when you're looking at how are like people who do what we do yeah what are they doing you know yeah. i think that that's a good measure um when you're just you know maybe starting and and don't really have a a, a target right you don't know what your right. target should be and right. so i think that that's a great way i don't think it's an excuse <laughs> like i don't think you should use it from a point of hey uh theirs is you know their tir is this but ours is this so we must be fine you know and <laughs> right we definitely you, you don't want to go down that rabbit hole so i think there's something to be careful of with benchmarking but also mm -hmm. it is you know it is there is some positive um viewpoints of okay we're doing something right so let's just figure out how we mm -hmm. can do it better um or yeah. oh we are <laughs> we are way off the radar so we really need to to get in a room and figure out you know what right the, what the problem is Right. At, at least some of that um, BLR data can um, can at least sh give you a little bit of context as to where you might compare with others in your industry as a starting point. Yes, absolutely. Big. That's a huge. That's a really awesome thing to do for GHG, right? Um, because that you know that a lot of that data is available. Yeah. Um, you know, from those annual reports. Um, right. So, so it right. gives you a starting point. Mm -hmm. And I need to correct myself. I just said BLR. I meant BLS. So that means Bureau of Labor Statistics. And that's a government website where, as I said, can be a rabbit hole that you can look at data eight ways from Tuesday, <laughs> um, which can be super fun if you're a big nerd. Yep, of yep. Which 2021 data just got, just came out. I read the other week. So Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> I, I do... I do tend to really like looking at their stuff. And and then do you also benchmark against yourselves? Like you do you get together and say, okay, what do we want to look at? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're a pretty new company. So, mm -hmm. you know, we are we still have a lot of uh building blocks to, to put into place. But, mm -hmm. you know, that is definitely the goal. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um and that and you know, you have to you have to set a foundation and we're still we're still in that process. Um so, you know, that's for sure going to happen. 
mm-hmm. but it's not, you know, some of these companies have 50 years of data to look back on, yeah. right? And it's very easy to, to see, well, in the 50s, we had this many injuries, <laughs> and, you know, and then the 70s, this regulation came out, so we we had, mm-hmm. you know, it by, by nature it lowered, and then, mm-hmm. oh, in the 2000s, it spiked again, and that was because of this, you know, mm-hmm. so it's definitely a challenge. I think benchmarking is probably the best way to go right now because we don't have 50 years of data, so you know yep. for 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 newer you know in i would say obviously electric vehicle industry is pretty new so yeah you know you have something to go on but but even 10 years is nothing right so that's right yeah 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 uh, your career and what you've done in ehs is just really interesting and admirable and the self-teaching part um what do you want to say ariana about you know options in this field yeah, I think that it's important. Well, one, I would say the most beneficial thing is your experience today, right? Um, especially if you work in an EHS, um, is is if I mean, let's say you want to do what I do, you probably have more EHS knowledge than I do, and so now you just need to figure out which part, you know, you still need to learn, um, mm-hmm. and and that might be. It might be starting over a little bit, right? It might be taking a, a, a more entry-level position. Um, but Or it might be leveraging your expertise and going into consulting, right? Every software company that builds environmental air emission calculation software needs an airhead. <laughs> <laughs> they need someone that understands emission factors and mm-hmm. regulations. And that is a perfect switch to get into that, you know, get into the back end of that software and yeah. con- and honestly consult internally um so that's a really good way to pivot into it and just generally i think in ehs it's you know you have to remember like you mostly unless you're super lucky you're probably doing 80 20 right you're probably doing 80 mm-hmm. percent environmental 20 percent safety or no safety at all or you're mm-hmm. doing 80 percent safety 20 percent. and so you know if you're feeling stuck or you know plateaued or you feel like i know everything there is to know about this thing don't waste that experience you know use that as a way to kind of pivot and Mm -hmm. and and transition you know into into a new role where you you can still leverage that experience but you know you're going to do something totally different and then you're really going to be an expert you know Mm -hmm. there's very Mm -hmm. few people that i meet that can that have all three right Mm -hmm. that's (laughs) Um, right occupational health safety and environmental that's a that's the golden (laughs) You know, yeah. that's the golden trio right there. Um, yeah. But maybe you're more interested in something versus another, you know. I, I mean, and it depends on where you work, right? I mean, I've, I've, I've done work in all three, like you're saying, and different jobs in different places, like you're saying, it was a different, it was a different mix. Some was really heavy in one area and really, you know, light in another, and it just changes depending on where you're working. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. And and what the business focus is at the time or like what position needs to be filled, you know, yeah. before you know yeah. it, you might be the, the safety plant manager, but, you know, they just the environmental manager just won the lottery and moved to Hawaii. So right. now that now they need you to come figure out the air permits mm-hmm. and you're going to mm-hmm. get online and you're going to figure it out and you're going to yeah. ask questions. And then in six months, you're like, well, now I know environmental, too. Yeah, right, <laughs> um, right. And that, I think yeah. that's just kind of how it happens. So yeah. yeah, thank you for that. Let's let's flip that. Let's say someone's listening and they're like, 
oh, I don't want to do that, but I want an Ariana. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, because there's people who are listening are like, oh, I want this data. I want, I, I want, I want this. I want a platform. <laughs> um, how, how do you think someone who might be thinking that right now might find someone like you? I think that, um, one, if you know, uh, let me know because, you know, okay. it, it is hard to find people colleagues you know um i think that that's been a big struggle but i will say that your biggest resource is going to be really established environmental consulting firms that have a digital solutions arm um you know that they they specialize in selection which i think is super important like you do Mm -hmm. not want to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on the wrong software if you Mm -hmm. if you can avoid it investing 50 to 100 and hiring them is is totally worth it because it will Mm -hmm. save you incredible amounts of money in the long run because you need to make sure it fits your business right mm-hmm. you need to make sure it fits your fu- your budget all of these things um but then you know those same firms also do implementation they will help you translate your excel sheets you know and your pdfs to the software and then they'll also help you maintain it um and 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 really integrate it into your overall like kind of digital you know world um mm-hmm. my f- the firm that i worked at didn't do that and and okay. it w- you know they just didn't that wasn't something that they focused on and that's why i kind of had to pivot to somewhere that did and my knowledge base grew because mm-hmm. they knew what they were doing mm-hmm. um so there is no shortage of that you know from a consulting standpoint um i i honestly as a professional i recommend that even when you're talking to a vendor or vendors um, only because they have an unbiased opinion, right? Usually they partner mm. with multiple platforms, so yeah. they're not going to tell you, you have to buy this one, you know? Um, yeah. And so it really gives you that like zoom out perspective of here are your business right. requirements. Here's what I need this thing to do. And then kind of go from there. Um, mm-hmm. And then if mm-hmm. you're lucky, you can hop on LinkedIn and maybe find someone with EHSIT in their, in their job title. <laughs> Well, and that's, that's another, that's another really great way to search. I know when, um, you know, so, so you're a unicorn, so this is good. (laughs) This is good job security for you. But you and I met at a a tech conference. Um, and I think you mentioned there's two. Yes. Yes. Do you want to talk? Yeah. Do you want to talk about that as another, as another resource for people? Yes. How do I find this? There is a conference of unicorns. um, (laughs) And it's very interesting, right? So, so, so name has one, um, I don't national association of, I don't know what they stand for. Actually, I just call them name all the time. Um, there's a big N-A-M-E. Yeah. N-A-E-M. Um, and they, I mean, they're obviously well-known, um, environmental you know membership group you know tons of information counseling webinars um, corporate memberships individual memberships networking events Um, they do their huge forum they do a a conference I think they just had that in October they do a women's leadership conference they actually had that in Denver Um, and then they also do a digital solutions conference Um, and I was Mm -hmm. able to go to that um, this past April in um, in Fort Worth and Mm -hmm. that was I mean awesome because I got to meet people <laughs> that, you know, use the same system I use and, and, and are years ahead of, you know, where our business is mm-hmm. and kind of do some lessons learned. It's interesting, though, because more than 75% of them are EHS managers that are mm-hmm. tasked mm-hmm. with doing this thing that I do. So mm-hmm. I always um, have a place in my heart for 
an EHS specialist or manager that's like, yep, we just bought the system. It's your job to manage it. <laughs> Good um, luck. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because most companies won't budget for a position like mine, you know, and, and yeah. so I'm super grateful that I, I was able to, to find that. And I think it's because, you know, my leadership team had that in previous roles and so they're like nope we have to have that right mm -hmm. um and sometimes you wonder how pe how companies function without it um right. so it is a great investment and it doesn't you know i you're this i think at that conference oh verdantix that was the other one that we met at um mm -hmm. that was at an awesome resort um verdantix mm -hmm. is like a huge all they i love them because they constantly they, all they do is have research analysts that mm -hmm. constantly survey EHS leadership, executives, managers about everything there is to know about EHS software. Mm -hmm. So their membership is definitely worth it because they have tons of information and, and free information as well. Um, and so I was fortunate enough to be able to go to that and meet even more people um, mm -hmm. and, and really get to hear from some great speakers. You know, we heard from the vice president at Boeing when we were there. And what was really cool was watching what these other companies you know, are doing mm -hmm. with a, a group, what, what I could be doing in five years or 10 years, right? Because these are well-established companies. Right. Um, yeah. We heard lots of great examples about what people are using artificial intelligence for. And, you know, some of the examples you gave earlier that. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it kind of gives you one road mapping perspective, like, oh, that's a good idea. Like maybe I need to put that into my budget for next year. Yeah. It's a great, great thing to do if you are tasked with implementing a software and um you don't know where to start <laughs> maybe you're yeah. not ready to hand over fifty thousand dollars to a consultant and you just want to go check it out M all the software vendors are there um and we'll be happy to buy you dinner <laughs> um, <laughs> and, right. and get your card and the next week you will get lots of emails but it uh -huh. is a great way to just kind of get first-hand look of, of what's out there you know kind yeah. of dip your toe in the water um it's a and it's really cool just to kind of see the innovation and network and this community is extremely small there is no one that i met at a conference that i have an ad on linkedin that was connected to five other people i was already in, in network yeah. with none of that's which right. do what we were doing so that's right I, I kept referring to it as a boutique conference <laughs> yes you yes. know compared compared to the national safety congress and expo which is enormous and wonderful and this is just different in a different way. It, um, it, it definitely yeah. is. Yep. I don't go to the, like big safety conferences or honestly haven't had interest in it because for me, it'd be more beneficial to go and like, it might be smaller, you know, and not as like many dinners and things like that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the networking is, is really, really, really key. Um, yeah. And, you know, you can't, just can't, you just can't get that uh, just, you know, creeping on people on LinkedIn. So. That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh, wow. This is, this has been so good and so informative. And I hope that you've, um, you know, offered an awareness um, for people who might not know about EHS platforms, but also an awareness of what else you can do with this career. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's just great. Ariana, is there, you know, closing thoughts, other things that you'd like to share um, with the audience? No, I just, you know, want to thank you for having me on. And uh, I know this is kind of a, a niche thing that, you know, you, people don't hear too much about unless it's coming <laughs> coming from a software provider trying to sell you their product. Um, That's right. So, mm -hmm. so hopefully, yeah. you know, feel free um, if you want to put my LinkedIn in the notes. It's totally fine. Happy to connect or, or talk to anyone yeah. about, you know, my experience and, you know, if they have mm -hmm. any questions or, or need any advice. So. 
that's wonderful. That's generous. And thank you very much. And thank you for everything that you've shared. And congratulations on being, you know, a, a, a leader, a leading unicorn in, uh, in this, in this aspect of our profession. It's wonderful. Oh, thank you so much, Joe, for having me really, really enjoyed it. You're welcome. And thank you for spending your time listening today. And more importantly, thank you for your contribution toward the common good, making sure your workers, including your temporary workers, make it home safe every day. If you aren't subscribed and want to hear past and future episodes, you can subscribe in iTunes, the Apple Podcast app, or any other podcast player you'd like. We'd love it if you could leave a rating and review us on iTunes. It really helps us connect the show with more and more EHS professionals like Ariana and I. Special thanks to Naeem Jaraisi, our podcast producer. And until next time, thanks for listening.